This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Playing With Scrolls podcast. This week, we're talking about episode 11 of season two, The Beard, which aired on December 9th, 1994. And I'm joined once again by the Jersey Ghouls. Woohoo! Uh, so, kind of just picked this one out of the blue. There wasn't like me sitting down saying, hmm, what would be a good one for the Jersey Ghouls? <laughs> Although, uh, me sitting here with two girls makes it a very appropriate episode yeah. for me to be discussing. Uh, this is a really weird, kind of forgettable, not great episode of Boy Meets World. Yeah, no, agreed. <laughs> and it's it's slightly creepy. Like, I felt yeah. like I had to take a shower. This one made me angry. This <laughs> one actually makes me like characters that I thought I really liked a lot less. So, we start off with the mom is trying to decide if she wants to buy a van. And Alan uses this as a way to teach his kids about women, which was very confusing. Oh, it was so dirty. Yeah. I... <laughs> <laughs> now, you guys have both professed your love of Alan on a previous episode. Yeah, so, yeah. does this change anything? I, or? I can't tell if this is, like, insanely progressive parenting or, like, shit they're going to have to talk to their therapist about later. Because he literally says to them, like, don't just, like, men just do it. We rush and we go for it. And with women, you got to buy them a car first. And then they're like, ha, 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 ha. So dirty. No, I love it. I'm still on board. <laughs> I, I don't know. And I'm going to, you know, obviously, I'm not a father of two boys, but I feel like that that's a joke that a father could get away with two teenage boys. Um, the things that my dad has said to all of us are far more disgusting. Than <laughs> really? Oh, Shit. my dad has made... He hasn't even made hints to... He's just... Okay, so here's a story. <laughs> One time I was at the museum and I texted my dad and said, Hey, I'm at the museum. And he said, I just finished boning your mother. We're both looking at ancient things. Oh. <laughs> So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess it's okay. You're, you're seemingly well-adjusted. Seemingly it's... is a key word. Um, so here's going to be the big debate of this episode, is that I, I think we all agree that Sean is a skeezy human being in this episode. I think that Corey's just misunderstood. He's just like yeah. a little baby you're, wandering you, into a situation. Right. He doesn't know. Look, you are so emotionally tethered to Corey that you don't <laughs> see his dirtbagginess. No, I'm not it. saying that he's. I'm not saying that he's in the clear. But like, let's look at it from this perspective. So first of all, Corey's the middleman in all of the note passing. He's just sitting there. He keeps thinking someone's interested in him, but they're always just interested in Sean, who's sitting behind him, right? And then Sean's like, 
oh, I can't figure out which girl to ask out because what if I break this girl's heart and she gets a sex change and then comes back as an angry man to kill me? Like, Sean's nuts. I literally have that exact note written. <laughs> I was like, calm down, Sean. Nobody's going to get a sex change because you won't go out with them, you fucking psycho. But this is what... So all Corey says is like, you've had to make decisions before. You, you decided a lunch. How did you decide a lunch? And that's when Sean's like, well, you know, I figured if you got that, I saw that you got that, so I could get the opposite thing and then eat whatever it is. If I don't like what I'm having, I can have what you're having. And that's when it just jump cuts. Corey's not like, well, then you should do that with the women. Sean's the one that comes up with the idea to do that with the women. And even Corey's like, this is nuts. <laughs> but he's just trying to be a good friend because he has one freaking friend in school. <laughs> And no girls talk to him. Okay, he's just like, along for the ride. He's literally excited by the idea of having Sean sloppy seconds. Like, he's, he's literally well, like, Well, because he's a lonely it. kid, but then he grows attachment to that one girl and is like, yo, I want to make sure that my friend stays with this other girl because I want to be with this girl. I don't want to be her Which sloppy. is a skeevy thing to do. No, it's her fault. Yeah. What? It's, it's, don't you victim blame? I, what victim blaming? They go on their little date to Chubby's. And First of all... How is that not like a fucking strip club? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it looks like it might have been. But no, so they go on their date and he tells her how to order. Like, you know, he's he's being friendly. So he goes to sit down on the opposite side of the booth and she's like, where are you going? He's like, I'm sitting down. She's like, well, why don't you come sit next to me? And And then then she kisses him. him. And then the bitch backtracks later on and says that he kissed her. But she's the one making all the moves. She's the one throwing all the signals at Corey. And Corey can't help but fall And she was going hard for Sean until Corey paid her even a second of... This is everything that's wrong with society. I know. It's what happened, And the other note that I have down here with Corey is he's telling Sean all the reasons why he shouldn't do this. (laughs) And this leads to one of my favorite Corey lines. Because he goes, you're going to do it for me anyway, aren't you? And he goes, oh, obviously. <laughs> like, it's, he's a loyal friend to a fault. And this is the beginning of old man uh, Corey, where he's just basically an old Jewish man about everything. <laughs> and I love it. Also, can we talk about Roy for a second? Because Roy's the real hero of the show. <laughs> like, the kid who tries, he's, like, trying to ask the girl out. And she's, like, literally, if, like, then Corey wonders why nobody likes him. He, like, cockblocks this guy in the worst possible way. He could tell that the girl was uncomfortable with the whole situation. No, dude, that's not a hero move. That's, like, a douche move right there. The, like, the girl, it's not like he was, like, pushing himself on her. He was just trying to get a date. Poor Roy. <laughs> well, what about Debbie? Oh, Debbie. <laughs> the whole entire time, I just kept going back to Adam's family values. What, what, what about, about Debbie? Debbie? <laughs> there is no Debbie. Then why do I miss her so much? <laughs> um, so, I have this note where it says that Corey takes uh, Linda to Chubby's, and it's a total soup Nazi situation. <laughs> like, it's yeah. Like, Stressful. Yeah. It is. And all you can get is a turkey. (laughs) With everything on it. (laughs) Right, like, so why even bother ordering? (laughs) (laughs) I love that one scene where it's the other girl, Stacy, and she, like, follows through with the order, and she's like, but that's not what I want. And he goes, don't worry, it's probably not turkey. (laughs) She just wants a salad. That's all she wants. She's going about it very rude, though. Don't talk to don't talk to people and yeah. that are waiters. And she was kind of a bitch. Yeah. yeah, like that's why I was I wasn't like that girl. I was okay to see her. Like, <laughs> yeah, she was bitchy. Well, I do love Chubby has the one scene where 
Linda asks if he has Diet Coke, and he just pours half the Coke out of the glass and says, now it's half the calorie. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that one, that one actually got here. a chuckle out of me. <laughs> you know what? One thing that I've realized by watching these for this is that I, I enjoy rewatching Boy Meets World. Yeah, so more a, than I want to admit. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good show. Really um, I But this season, and this is from me watching most of this season now for the podcast, I feel like this whole season is like Corey actually finding someone that he likes and Sean's selfishness ruins it every single time. Um, this one is a little bit skeezier, but there's like three or four more episodes in this season where like Corey really likes a girl and Sean's like, oh, you can't just date a girl for like ever. You have to d- date her for like a week and then break up with her and date another girl. Otherwise, you'll never know like what you actually want. And he's like, but this is kind of what I want. And like, well, I think that's solid advice when you're 15. Eh. <laughs> One thing I do want to give, we'll give props to Corey, and even you can't take this away from him, Marissa, right. is that when he's talking about having the benefits of having a girlfriend, you know, he talks about, you know, there's a girl that I could always see that I could kiss anytime I want with her consent. Oh, <laughs> right? I know. He's so progressive. <laughs> he really is. That's what I'm saying. I don't think that he's the bad guy yeah, here. I, I think, think that so it's either. all Sean is manipulating an otherwise good human being into doing scuzzy things. You know why it's okay? Because he's fucking hot. He can do whatever no. he wants. So I mean, but Corey's not, which is why Corey gets hit, gets yelled at worse than Sean does. Sean deserves it. Yeah. <laughs> Sean, yeah see, Sean, like... Sean doesn't do anything for me. What? Yeah, oh, no. He doesn't do anything for me. Um, I don't... <laughs> So after after they get are we at the point where they get caught? I know he's Well, we can jump over there. Yeah, sure. Well, it just because at the end when, you know, they they get caught, Corey and Sean get caught. The two girls have heard the whole entire plan. Corey apologizes. He yeah. knows it's wrong and he apologizes. Sean, he doesn't. Yeah. Sean oh, does shit. not even remotely utter the words and he doesn't even look like he's sorry. Like I said, this is an episode where an otherwise like character that I've liked now I'm just like, you know what? Yeah. You're a dirtbag from the wrong side of the tracks. You can just go pump my gas for the rest of your so life. So there is one other <laughs> there's one other quote that's like old, old man Corey that I absolutely love, which is when Sean comes down to Chubby's while Corey's in the middle of the whole argument with uh, Linda and Stacy, and Sean goes, what's happening, Corey? And he just goes, nothing good for me. <laughs> He, he is. He is like an old Jew. Right? <laughs> um, let's see. I have a couple okay, more Okay, so quotes. we also skipped over a huge mini plot line, which is the whole struggle of what car she wants. Well, no. I was going to say, let's jump back to the Alan. <laughs> so Alan decides that he's going to win Amy over by, she said she wanted this van. I'm going to go ahead and I'm just going to buy this van friend. for her. Um, first of all, the minivan struggle is very real. I can't tell you how many times I've been like, Fuck a minivan would be so easy in life. Like, so much room, my kids, I won't even hear them. They'll be so far away from me while I'm driving. But then I'm like, fuck, it's a minivan. Like, you know, like that struggle See, is very real. I've been like, I want a minivan because I have so much stuff that <laughs> I have to bring to conventions. And if I put them in my car, there is no one that can go with me anywhere. That's a good point. Right? Like, the struggle is real. <laughs> I, but I think he does something sweet. No, that's, that's where I'm at. I do understand Amy's frustration of, you know... I don't need you to make a decision for right, me. Don't tell me like my I, I can make this decision and I can take as long as I want to make the decision, but I'll make the decision and that's fine. On the other hand, I find it so endearing that that Alan thought enough to be like, this is what you said you wanted. And, and I know that you don't like dealing with these yeah, guys. Yeah, like so I have I'm taken out all the hassle. For you. Like, yeah, but he just did it to get laid, didn't he? 
I mean, probably. Yeah, but he, I think <laughs> Look, he also... Did. There's a lot of things that guys do to get laid that are a lot cheaper than buying a minivan, so... He wanted to make her happy, and yeah. he knew that that would make her happy. It was for the sake of joy. So I, I do see both sides of that situation where let Amy make her own decisions, but at the same time, I thought it was... A sweet Well, yeah, it was a very sweet... Well, you know, it might not be the smartest move on his part. It was still... An endearing gesture that you know he's it's his husband and wife. He loves her to pieces, and he yeah. wants to make her happy. But, but again, he even says in the beginning of the episode, "Guys rush through things. Yeah. Women think things through. Guys rush through things." Bitch and this was shy. just you know this was just another example of I want to make her happy. I bought her a van. Boom. Look, I made you happy. There's nothing I love more than good gender stereotypes. Um, but also, yeah, and I think, to be fair, too, like, for in his defense, like, there is nothing I hate more than shopping for cars or houses. Like, if if I could just never do either of those things again in my life, I'd be a happy camper. So she needs to shut up and be thankful. That's <laughs> my final ruling on that. Also, this this show is chock full of gay reference, innuendo and references. Oh, there's, this season specifically, it's been unreal. Um, especially with uh, Joey the Rat and Frankie the Enforcer, yes. who aren't in this episode nearly enough, no. but they are fantastic when they are on the screen. Oh my god, they steal the show every time. <laughs> <laughs> and like... Kind of the most successful post-Boy Meets World people at the same time. Because, like, you know, Frankie the Enforcer went on to do all those Kevin Smith movies and The Butterfly Effect and My Name is Earl. And Joey the Rat's the lead singer of Rilo Kiley, the the indie rock band. So, like... That's really funny. Yeah, they are arguably the biggest wins. (laughs) So, the only other thing that I have written down here is there's there's a specific line in this show... That every once in a while there's an episode in the show where you're like, oh, this is this is someone in their 30s writing what they think teenagers are into. Which is Stacy saying that she wishes that Sean would take her to a romantic foreign film. And I'm like, no. In seventh grade? <laughs> no. Maybe, maybe like senior year of high school or college, but like... Romantic film would have been fine there. You didn't have to throw the foreign <laughs> part in there. Just showed she was classy. Yeah. <laughs> I um, have never met anyone in middle school that was like, you know what, I really like romantic foreign films. <laughs> like, nice indie drama. <laughs> no, you're, you're not wrong there. That's true. Every once in a while, I feel like that does peek out in the writing. Like, like this ugh. is obviously... My last note, I can only assume Corey and Sean have been friends for a long time. Yeah. So the line at the end... When Corey is telling Sean, you know, you know, I'm not safe, you know, like I'm dangerous, whatever. And, and, and Sean agrees. And yes, you're dangerous. And he's and Corey says, so finally you respect me. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, you know, like finally after all this time, I guess I respect you. Who the fuck do you think you are? Like that, like, that one hurt so bad that I'm like, if I had a friend that I've been with friends with that long, and I grant when you're a little little kid, like fine, whatever. But like by the time you're in middle school, if you have a friend that doesn't respect you, like I would beat the shit out of him at that I point. I feel like so I have mixed feelings on that because I do agree that that's kind of shitty. But I feel like when I was in middle school, there was definitely friends who I couldn't admit that I respect it because it was like they were like the friend that you picked on. Because you're like, oh, that's like the, he's like the easy pushover kid. And like you had, and now like retrospectively, I'm like, man, I respect the hell out of him. He was always like a cool kid and he like dealt with our bullshit. But when I was in seventh grade, it was like, Psh, yeah, no, I hang out with Chris, but I don't respect Chris. <laughs> like, no, it's there's, true. There's like a douchey element to when you're in that 
because middle school, I feel like out of all of the different schools is the most judginess on how cool you are. So it's like you could be someone's best friend, but if they're not as cool as you, you're like a little like, I don't I don't respect him, but yeah, he's all right. I keep him. Around. I was that kid. That's yeah. how I know that's true. Yeah. I guess I was that kid because I never had those feelings. <laughs> one of those situations where if you're not, if you don't right, have that you, experience, you are you're that the person, one. Yeah. So I guess I was the one. Although I think, like, I don't know. That was also like seventh, sixth, seventh, eighth grade was also like the time in my life where, like, we, like, me and my group of friends. We were striving to be different. Like, we yeah. were the ones wearing the well, Genco jeans and the flannels. So it's like... Well, and like, to be fair, with my example, like, it wasn't like I was cool. Like, it was, <laughs> it was like we were all at the bottom of the barrel. And we were just trying to shove one of us lower yeah. so that we felt better I about yeah, ourselves. I also went to, like, my middle school was very, very small. Yeah. Like, I think there may have been, like... 75 kids in the class like oh it was God. it was a tight so it's like we all and like the same and like we all we had all been together since kindergarten like I said very small yeah. town small school so it's like most of the people that I was in middle school with I've known since I was five years old well and that's like the thing where like I have some nieces and nephews that are almost at the age where they're about to start high school and they're like so afraid of high school and I just want to be like dude you're getting through middle school middle yeah. school is way worse than high school will ever be Truth. High school people are too absorbed in their own lives to give a crap about who's cool or not anymore. I totally agree. I think 7th and 8th grade are by far the most vicious years of, oh, of growth. Oh, right. Which <laughs> is why that movie 8th grade is amazing if you haven't seen it yet. I know. It's on It's on my to watch list. I've heard the same thing. It's extremely good. It captures that, that wonderfully. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I agree. I think it, it's yet another reason why Sean's probably a sociopathic. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else before we wrap up? No. Well, just that's I, everything I, I, I got. Love, yeah. Right, do you guys want to promote where people can listen to the Jersey Ghouls? Uh, you can find us on your favorite podcast app. Just search Jersey Ghouls. Same thing for social media. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter, on Instagram and on YouTube. Just search Jersey Ghouls. Also, jerseyghouls.com for our podcast, our blog, our movie reviews, and thoughts. Yeah, thanks for having us on, Matt. All right, and next week will be the last episode of the year. Uh, Boy Meets World took a break until January 6th of the following year, so... Tune in for the last episode of 2018, which was also the last episode of 1994.